0: Time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. After the excitement of two Grand Nationals, we're back to a normal week, and we've still got our usual guests: Bob Millman, Dave Wilson, Richard Phillips, Colin Brown. They're all here tonight. Equite superstar. And all the news and all Good evening. Welcome to another racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. This is Aidy Hopper here to talk you through the show. And as usual, we've got all the uh, usual guests on board. News.
1: With all the news that is the news from the racing media, which does include racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton, and here's Offer's Story. Trade was so fierce at the Golf's U.K. Breeze Up sale in Doncaster on Tuesday that it seemed only fitting that a breathless session of selling should conclude with a record breaking top lot. The auditorium filled as tally ho Stud's Harry Angel colt entered the ring, with plenty of onlookers having heard the whispers about the highly touted youngster. An opening bid of two hundred thousand pounds duly suggested big things were afoot. Among the crowd were trainer Michael O'Callaghan, standing in his usual position by the ringside, and Kia Jorabcian, head of the Inform Ammo Racing Team, who huddled on the other side of the gangway. After the two camps squared up deep into six-figure territory, it was O'Callaghan who sealed the deal with a nod of the head indicating a bid of £500,000, the biggest figure ever paid for a flat horse in Doncaster. That sum surpasses the previous best for this sale, with the Group 3 winning Al Rea having fetched £450,000 in 2019. This Colt's family is no stranger to success in the Doncaster ring, as he is out of go Angelica, a listed winning sibling to the US stakes winner Bradenbury, and My Lucky Liz dam of O'Callaghan's Twilight Jet who jointly topped the 2021 renewal of this sale at £210,000 before going on to win group threes at two and three. He's the best horse here and by a long way said O'Callaghan. We've been extremely lucky with the vendor and he's from the same family as Twilight Jet who's been a very good horse for us. If there's one from the sale I didn't want enough, it was him. On the record-breaking price O'Callaghan said I thought trade was very strong all day so we were keeping our powder dry for that lad. We had to pay more than we thought we'd have to but when you think one is the real deal you have to pull it out. He needs to win a group one now. This is a horse who may potentially be traded down the line but he has to go and do it now. If he reaches a high level by the middle of the summer then who knows? He's ready to go anyway. Hopefully we'll be getting the top hat out. A buoyant market meant there was plenty of pin-hooking profit to be had, but few successes had been as long in the making as this colt as he was sourced from the Tally Ho team at the 2021 Goff's November foal sale where he cost just €38,000. Roger O'Callaghan, no relation to the buyer, reflected on the sale saying, A class horse always was. When we bought him, the plan was to breeze him. It worked out beyond our expectations. He was always natural. He's got an unbelievable temperament, and he was always a very simple horse to breeze. When you asked him, he delivered. And when you didn't, he just didn't. When asked about the market, the consigners added, I had no expectations, but it's been a very good sale. Fair dues to Donnie, they got it right. It's been a good day at the office. Tally Ho topped the consignors' chart with a dozen juveniles sold for receipts totalling £1,340,000, that's 13% of turnover. The session concluded with aggregate sales of £10,6,500, a huge increase of 54%, particularly considering the number of lots offered was up by only 26, that's 16%. The average was up 29% at £63,330, while the median rose by 11 points to 40000 The depth of the market was underlined by a remarkably solid clearance of 86% as 158 two-year-olds found a buyer. Given the intensity of trade, there was plenty of pin-hookers thrilled with their day's work. But the Tradewinds stud team were left veritably gobsmacked when their daughter of Twilight Sun bought for £360,000. The filly, whose value appreciated markedly from her pinup price of 30000 guineas, will carry the familiar yellow colours of Sheikh Rashid Dalmuk Al Maktoum, having been knocked down to Richard Brown, whose past Doncaster breeze up buys include the owner's three time Group One winner, Perfect Power. From a long way out, the bidding concerned Brown, who was stationed in Blandford Bloodstock's ringside office, and Conrad Allen, positioned in the left bidder's area opposite the rostrum. At £230,000, it seemed as though Allen had matters sewn up, until a shout rang around the ring as Brown up to the ante a further 10000 The to and fro continued well beyond the £300,000 mark, until a much more subtle nod from brown signalled the winning increase brown said she did an exceptionally quick breeze we bought a filly off shane power called bright diamond at golworths bridge last year she won her maiden at new market by nine lengths and then was third in the filly's mile so we've had luck buying from trade winds this filly did do a bit's breeze i've often said that if you only buy the fastest breezes you'll do very badly but she was very fast. Sheikh Rashid was determined to have her, although I'd have to say that was significantly more than we were expecting to pay. She's done a phenomenal breeze, so let's hope she's as good on the race course as she was yesterday. She was the fastest in the breeze, which means she'll beat all the Colts, so that's a very good performance. I'd imagine she's going to be pointed towards Ascot. I'm delighted to have her, but that was a bit of a battle. This market is phenomenal, and the top end is very strong. Power, who runs the Kildare-based operation with his brother Alex, was so stunned by the transaction, he joked he needed to sit down before addressing the assembled media. After a couple of minutes to digest the result, he said, I could have done with a bit of oxygen there. You can't expect that kind of price. Although, when you do a breeze like she did, you're hopeful for a good result. All day you're hoping the right guys are going to pitch up and then it seems like no one is going to. But just as I went into the ring, I could see everyone was there. The filly is the second foal out of the once-raced Babylon Lane, a daughter of lethal force whose siblings include the Windsor Castle Stakes runner-up Sabre and red-car two-year-old Trophy Third, Wave Aside. Explaining the filly's appeal at the Tattersall's Somerville sale, Power said... I just thought she was a nice individual. We wouldn't focus as much on the stallion as others, we just try to buy a nice individual. She's very athletic, very light on her feet, and looked like she'd be nice and early. I have to say, a special mention to Gordon Flash Power, no relation, as he rode her in the breeze, and there were some long, cold, wet days when he was riding the up the corral this winter, so a lot of hard work goes into it. Earlier in the session, Brown went to £195,000 for a flatter colt offered by last year's sales-topping consigner, Bushy Park Stables, who picked up the youngster for $25,000 at Keeneland in September. He's for my syndicate, the Never Say Die Partnership, said Brown. Not that any of the shareholders know yet. Dave Simcott will train her. And with the headline of Holland's Homebred Star-Spangled Banner brings £350,000, here is our next story. Having secured the joint 625,000 guineas top lots at last week's Craven sale, Anthony Stroud picked up where he left off in Newmarket with the £350,000 acquisition of a Star-Spangled Banner filly from Grove Stud, made on behalf of Bahraini Interests. Stroud said, she breathed well, but she's not an immediate type of two-year-old. I think she'll be better over seven furlongs. She comes from Brendan Holland, who does a terrific job. She looks all new approach, that's the filly's bloodmare mare sire, and I think she's a horse with a future. While the vast majority of Holland's sales ring successes are pinhooks, he bred this filly in partnership with David Spratt after the mare, Latte, was purchased from the Shadwell Draft at the 2017 Tattersall's July sale at a cost of 36,000 guineas. The filly was entered in last year's October yearling sale but was withdrawn. Explaining how he came to breeze the home bred youngster, Holland said, I bred this filly but unfortunately she got sick all my horses did at the time so she missed the book 3 i represented two of them but kept this one i loved her all the way through she's got a lovely balance and movement and i wanted to bring something nice here in hindsight it came too early for her but she still produced on the day she's got loads of quality it's a great result and it's nice to sell a such a good filly to antony he continued I don't breed much anyway, but I can't think that I've ever breezed a homebred before. Nearly everything I sell, I buy, and I've only got a share in four mares. Shadwell sold the mare, and while she didn't have a strong pedigree up close, she did herself some really good speed figures when she was running. She was a little inconsistent, but she really could run. And she had a lot of speed for a new approach, and that's the reason I bought her. Stroud reflected on the strength of the Doncaster market, saying, There's a lot of middle, which is very encouraging, and I'm sure the clearance rate is good. It certainly feels like it. Last week one felt it was very selective, and I questioned whether you could have this amount of breeze-up horses, and if there were enough clients. But I think today has really underlined that things are going in the right direction. He continued, Of course, a strong market makes buying more difficult, but you want the best for the industry. These guys work so hard, and it's such a difficult job preparing a horse for a breeze-up, so while you want to buy them at the right price, it's important that everyone gets rewarded for their efforts. Stroud Coleman Bloodstock was the sale's second biggest spender, with three lots sourced at an outlay of £710,000. The Star-Spangled Banner filly was joined by a two hundred and ten thousand pounds son of Sioux Nation, and a well-bred daughter of No Nay Never at a hundred and fifty thousand pounds, both consigned by Mockers Hill. And with the headline of breeding potential for Bermuda's latest buy, here's our next story. Jake Warren was involved in the bidding on several of the more in-demand lots and proved the most determined to land Longway Stable's Dark Angel filly with a bid of £340,000. She is out of Dubai Power, a winning half-sister to the listed-placed Power of Light, better known as the Dam of May Hill Scorer and filly's mile-runner-up Powerful Breeze. Warren said, she's just a beautiful filly. She's by a top sire and I love the pedigree. I've bought her for Bermuda Racing, whose model is to breed from the stock they buy. We bought Queen of Bermuda, who won the Firth of Clyde Stakes and Spirit of Bermuda, who was a black type filly in America, and a good filly by No Nay Never called Pink Sands, who beat the Lowther winner living in the past. We're breeding for them all now. This filly's pedigree is the sort of thing that suits us because the half-sister has already produced a top-class horse. The way she breezed was phenomenal. She did everything right and she's very quick. Married with that, she's a beautiful looker too. She'll be a lovely filly to race and hopefully a good blood mare further down the line. This filly netted her vendor a chunky bit of pin-hooking profit, having been picked up privately at Arquana for €52,500. Mick and Sarah's Murphy's Longways operation was the second-highest-grossing consignor, with seven lots sold for £904,000. We're very happy, said Mick Murphy. She's been a queen from the day we got her. Her and the Zoster filly we sold last week, two Duncan bloodstock for 210,000 guineas, have been a little different from any other we have had so far. I didn't know what she'd make, but I was hoping for a good price, and she most definitely did that. We're having a great season. Now, with a headline, a Blue Point Colt Heads £220,000 race, here is our final story on this week's Racing News. A brace of early lots brought £220,000 in quick succession led by the Blue Point Colt out of Miss Fay who was signed for by Arthur Dobell of Oliver St Lawrence Bloodstock who stood with trainer Roger Varian. The youngster provided Kate Walsh with a fine pin-hook in return after the Greenall's farm consigner picked up the Colt for 42000 guineas at book two of the October yearling sale. The transaction continued a productive few days for Bluepoint, who supplied one of the joint 625,000 guineas Craven Sale toppers, and on Tuesday had his fifth winner on the track when Sir Bolton was promoted to first on his debut at Yarmouth. Walsh said, He's always been very straightforward. I bought him from Tats and everything has just clicked with him. The sire's on fire. Everyone's quite aware of that, and they just seem so consistent as all they want to do is go forward. He continued. He's been extremely straightforward. It seems like all the blue points have. From the breeze-up horses to the runners on the track, they all seem to be consistent, and you can't beat consistency. I wish I would had a few more like him. I'm over the moon, as it's fantastic money, and it's days like this that we do it for. I'm not sorry, I'm not in Town today, anyway. Just four lots later, Richard Ryan was the second buyer to go to £220,000 when the day's leading consigner, Tally Hostud, presented the Oasis Dream Colt out of dual Italian listed winner Mujadil Lachi. The dam's racing career was not the only thing to take place in Italy, as the Colt, already named Milano City, was sourced as a yearling by Valfredo Valiani for €75,000 at the SGA September sale in Milan. He'll go into training with Paddy Tuomi for Team Valley Racing, said Ryan. He's got a lot of quality about him, and he's not just a five furlong horse. He's one for this year and next year. He's solid, strong and has a nice action it wasn't over aggressive from the rider in his breeze and everything was done right this has been this week's edition of the racing news with all the news that is the news in the racing media which includes racing tv the racing post and the sporting life thanks for listening and join us again next time for the racing news well
0: that was mike padden with all the racing news now let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. Well we'll start with seven races over the jumps at Sandown with a 105 start. Seven races on the flat at Haydock with a 130 start. Seven races on the flat at Leicester with a 155 start. And seven races on the flat at Ripon with a 225 start. There are three races uh, over the jumps at Punchestown with a 350 start. And seven races on the flat at Doncaster, with a 5.10 start. And also seven races on the flat on the all-weather at Wolverhampton, with a 6 o'clock start. And Sunday, we've got uh, seven races on the flat at Weatherby with a 1.55 start. Seven races on the flat at Sligo in Ireland, for a 2.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Musselburgh, with a 3.45 start. And you could go to Hong Kong, but that's a bit of a drag, or I guess you could go to Longchamp as well, which is a little bit closer. But hopefully you'll have a good weekend at the races. And now it's time to catch up with our latest Equine Superstar. Equine Superstars this week we look at Ella Manamou. Ella Malamu was a bay stallion and was foaled in 1976, whose sire was Pipcane and his dam was Rose Berlin. He was bred in England by Patrick Clarke and owned by Audrey Minios and Simon Wernstock. He was trained by Guy Harwood and Major Dick Hearn. His earnings were £286,581. Among the major races he won in 1978, the Royal Lodge Stakes. In 1979, the King Edward VII Stakes. In 1980, the Earl of Sefton Stakes, the Prince of Wales Stakes, the Eclipse Stakes, the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. He was nominated the European Champion Older Horse with a timefall rating of 132. He became a highly successful sire of winners before his death in 2008. Now let's cast our mind back to Alamanamu winning in 1980, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth stakes.
2: Under starters' orders, and they're away. And Turnabas is the first to show. Turnabas and Edward Hyde setting off to make it, being chased by Lamamo on the inside of Gregorian. Then comes More Light. On the outside of More Light is Elamanamu, And then Mrs. Penny and Majestic Maharaj. Dunet and Pellerin. And More Light's the back marker. And Turnavas trying to make it as he did in the Irish sweeps derby. Turnavas in the lead from More Light. More Light going up a clear second now. Then Lamarmo and Gregorian and Majestic Maharaj closely grouped in El Then comes Mrs. Penny and Dunet on the rail. And then More Light. And Pellerin has now been relegated to last as they race down into Swindley Bottom. With little now between Turnavas and More Light. Turnavos on the inside of More Light. Just in behind them, majestic Maharaj. Lamamo on the rail. In behind them, Gregorian. Then comes Duned and El Amanamu. They're passing the mile marker now. Behind El Amanamu is Mrs. Penny, and then comes uh, Main Reef. Behind Main Reef is Pellerin, and uh, they're racing towards the seven marker now. And it's Turnabas in the lead from More Light. Then Lamamo on the inside. Gregorian and uh, Majestic Maharaj. Behind them, Elamarnamou and Dunette, and then Mrs. Penny and Main Reef and Pellerin as they race towards the sick mark in the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth's diamond stakes, and it's uh, still Ternabos from more light, little between the two. Just in behind them come Majestic Maharaj and then Lamarmo making progress now towards the outside is Move with Gregorian holding his position. Main Reef has improved as well. They're racing towards the five furlong mark, just passing it now, and it's still Ternabos more light. Willie Carson making a swift forward move now on Elamano. Move main reef gone there to join them too. Lamamo comes next in behind Elamamo. Mrs. Penny making a run towards the outside, racing towards the home turn now with under half a mile to run. The King George 6 and Queen Elizabeth Diamond Stakes. It's Elamano. and Willie Carson who just hit the front. Elamano. Move for More Light and Turner Boss, Mrs. Penny coming there strongly. Lamamos dropped right out of it. They're racing round the home turn now, and it's More Light and Elamano. The stable companions. Then Turner Boss, Then Mrs. Penny breathing menacingly, menacingly just in behind him. Then comes Main Reef, but Willie Carson has struck the front on Ella Manamou, and it's Willie Carson and El Mounamou from Leicester picket on Mrs. Penny, Gregorian making progress over on the far. behind them, majestic Maharaja, Main Reef, and Turnabos and Pellerin. Glass was more light, and so the result of the 1980 King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Diamond Stakes his first number one Elamana owned by Mr. Simon Weinstock. Trained by Major Dick Hearn and written by Willie Carson. Second was number 12, Mrs. Penny, owned by Mr. Ian Cromfeld. Trained by Ian Balding and written by Lester Piggott. Third was number two, Gregorian, owned by Mr. Daniel Schwartz. Trained by Vincent O'Brien and written by Tommy Murphy. And fourth was number nine, Dunett.
0: If you've ever wondered how to become a jockey, well, just have a listen to this. This is young local jockey. Ben Godfrey and how he got into the game. When did you first get on the back of a horse or a pony? Um,
3: I've been riding riding horses and well ponies for as long as I can remember really. Um, I mean done it done it probably before I could walk and, and it's just um progressed and progressed and, and then I got a, a racing pony when I was nine years old, um and, and went pony racing and and from there it's just the bug for racing came about and um and, and we're, we're still doing it now so um it's, it's a bug that entices you in and and it's it's, you know, it's a great sport so
0: mm, absolutely and of course there is a certain element of it in your blood i think because uh i'm right in saying that that harry cobden's your cousin is it
3: yeah that's right yeah he, he's my cousin um so yeah mum was a Copton, and she she rode rode a bit as well um and uh, the amateur license and um yeah, so there's a bit in the blood there and it's is all come from there really
0: so 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 you you you've got this this race, racing pony then and you're you're off pony racing. I mean, most kids of your age would go and want to get a, a go-kart or a motorcycle. How come you've got a pony? <laughs> um we'd, we 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 I
3: I'd had um sort of ponies like all-round ponies and done a bit of show jumping and and cross country and, and pony club and things like that. So um once I was old enough to go pony racing, I just I like the speed and the adrenaline. Um, so that was that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, and so so it started from there, really.
0: So having got it into your blood, as it were, and, and you know you, you you'd been sold on the drug, as it were. I suppose it's just like a drug, really. That once you once you get started with yeah. it. Um, how did the story go from well, let's say from sort of ten to? To, by the time you're sort of 15 or 16 when presumably you're getting physically bigger and not obviously able to handle a, a bigger horse at that point um,
3: yeah um, so I wasn't I wasn't always really sure what I was I was gonna do but um, I really enjoyed the pony racing and 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 I got bigger and I got a bigger pony then um, and my last couple of seasons I had uh, plenty of success on her um, and and it was kind of getting to the point then where you you're talking about things in school, what you're gonna do after and everything like that, and it and it really hit me then that I thought, like, I wanna go go pointing and, and um and see how it goes and go from there and, and, and try and go down the racing racing route really.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and 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 luckily luckily that's what we did. So
0: when you were doing the, the pony racing, was that jumping or just flat or what? Just, just
3: flat, yeah. Um, and and I'd done a lot, a lot of hunting and cross country and things like that. So I, I quite like the jumping. Um, and I was I watching watching racing on the weekends and Cheltenham Festival and things like that. Like I just there was something about the jump racing that just had that much more appeal to me. So it was kind of like the pony racing was great, but when I was old enough to then go pointing, that's what I wanted to do to to have that buzz. of... Yeah, sort Of um, jumping fences at speed.
0: So, so what did all your mates at Wadham think about it then? That, that you know they were, I'm going off. I'm going to be a jockey.
3: Um, uh, at the uh, at the time they yeah um kind of it wasn't it, nothing really said about it now. But like um nowadays uh I uh, a lot of them get in contact with me and and um wish me well when when I've done well and 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 everything like that and are following it quite closely, which is um is it's lovely, like to mm. to think that they're they sat there watching me and probably losing a lot of money on me. <laughs> um, but no, they, they a lot of them a lot of them really enjoy following the horse racing um, yeah. now. And I suppose because they've got that connection with me, that it, it kind of it there's that extra interest to follow it as well. Yeah, you know someone.
0: Well, there you go. That was locally based jockey Ben Godfrey, who rides for Anthony Hollyball amongst other trainers. And he's a local boy to us down here in Somerset. So if you want to be a jockey, that's the way to go about it. Well, now we're going to go out and about and catch up with some of our trainers that come on the show every week. And we're going to start. With... Right, well, good morning, Tom. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, we haven't spoken for a few weeks now. I just wondered, you know, have it been a fairly good start to the season? Yeah, no, we had a good start. We had five winners so
4: far. We had a nice winner last week. We had yeah. a good third at Epsom on Tuesday. She had her first run for for six months, so I was happy with her. And next week seems to be all go, go, go with uh, with plenty of horses entered.
0: I see you've got quite a few entered on up on Monday. Um, any of those likely to win? Do you think?
4: Well, I think Charming Lily, although she got badly hampered last time, she she should go to Windsor on Monday and you'd have a nice chance. Um, she just got put out of the race about like, last week, so she hasn't didn't really have a run. So I'd be hoping she'd run well. And uh, Bobby Dazzler was second only beaten her neck at Bath um last week so if he can uh, build on that he should be hopefully going close again.
0: So that's good. Um Tom Marquan on board?
4: No, unfortunately not, Tom's elsewhere. I think he's actually in um Hong Kong over the weekend. So oh, right. he's not back till Tuesday. But
0: um yeah, we've got some nice horses sort of to run next week and uh, yeah Sean Levy hopefully will ride one or two of them. Yeah. Um as as
4: well as Charlie Bishop,
0: etc. Well, they're perfectly adequate replacements anyway, aren't they? Exactly, yeah, you exactly. Um, and you know, what uh, have you got? Anything sort of hidden away that you're waiting to launch on the unsuspecting public that's going to get into the uh, the guineas or well, the um, you know nothing, nothing for the big races yet. But there's some nice two-year-olds there
4: who hopefully will um, will be able to uh, show their show their worth in the next sort of month, sort of month or so. Um, plus, you've got a nice nice horse running next next Friday at Goodwood called Garrick Painter who who uh, looks for smart prospects? So, hopefully, yeah, some nice horses to go to war with, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, looking at the overall situation, um, I suppose you would agree that it's probably going to be the usual suspects are going to be leading the way in terms of the prize money uh, winning? Yeah, in terms of probably the uh,
4: trainers' championship, I mean, obviously, Charlie Appleby and the Gosdens uh, would obviously be top of the list. Uh, and obviously, uh, as far as jockeys go, obviously, Buick will be fighting... I'm sure Sheen will be back this year to fight hard, and Tom and Holly, who were sort of second and third or third and fourth last year, they they're there with a shout as well. So I think it should be quite a competitive um, jockeys' championship, which starts on uh, Guineas weekend, I think.
0: Is it? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realise it hadn't started yet. So uh, thanks for no. telling me that. <laughs> okay yeah, then, Tom. Well, you know, you keep keep bringing those winners in, and uh, we'll speak to you again in a couple of weeks, if that's all right. Perfect. Thanks, Eddie. Good Thanks to catch up And you. Tears Tom. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Well, that was Tom Ward up in Lambourne, and now we're going to catch up with Richard Phillip. Well, good morning, Richard. Thanks for coming on the show. I trust you're slightly improved from last week. Yeah, uh, antibiotics are
5: kicking in, thankfully. So um, hopefully uh, I'm on
0: the mend, and as long as my horses are healthy, I don't really care too much about me. <laughs> That's very, uh, very sympathetic of you. Um, now then... Um, Fairly quiet weekend, although we've got obviously Punches Sandown, um and, and you know, obviously you've seen a few horses in the meantime. What, what, what's the what's the standout performance for you?
5: Well, Isaac Selby was most impressive. Chaldean, Frankie Dettori, um, unfortunately, came off it as the stalls opened um, at Newbury on Saturday in the Greenham, which is Chaldean's meant to be uh, his prep run for the Guineas. Uh, but Isaac Selby was pretty impressive. Brian Meehan thinks a lot of this horse. Um, and Chaldean sort of ran loose and kept with him, as it were. Who knows what happened if Frankie would still been on board? But I think Chaldean's still got a chance in the guineas, and so is Isaac Selby, but he was so impressive. But um, I think, um, yeah, most of the horses that are fancy for the guineas are going straight there, like August Rodin uh, and Meditate in the 1,000. So, yeah, you no know O'Brien Brian also going straight there, some Charlie Applebees as well. But of the trials, Isaac Selby was pretty impressive, uh, but whether he's good enough to win the Guineas, I'm not quite
0: sure. Mm. Well, time will obviously tell on that one, but um, um, w- what about uh, on the jumping scene? There's a big meeting at Sandown this weekend, and obviously Punches has been going on. What have you picked up from there?
5: Well, Kitty's Light won the uh, Scottish Grand National last week, and of course he goes for the Bet365 um, on Saturday in, the, in what used to be called the Whitbread, and now the Bet365 and it's a three-and-a-half-mile handicap chase, one of the top chases of the season, and it ends the jump season on that note. Uh, it looks to be a great race. Kitty's Light is running again, so whether the four-miles round air is taking it out of him, we'll find out. Uh, Frodon's in there as well. We also have a runner, Organdy, who um, who basically loves good ground and will probably appreciate the trip. She's a, a, an outsider, but she might be worth a pound each way if things went right for her. She's ridden by Sam Twister Davis, so... Um, it's always a great race to bet 365. Hard one to win, but hopefully we'll run well. But it looks as though Kitty's like, not too much has been taken out of him for that four-mile race. Uh, and that's the big if. Uh, it's going to be a hard horse to beat. Uh,
0: and what about Punchestown? What's been going on over there? Much, much sort of stood out for well, you?
5: Well, it's been a great meeting, as ever, and dominated by Willie Mullins. Uh, extraordinary um, uh, success... Rate continues and uh, but Galapagos uh, shot, got beaten in the, um, in the Gold Cup uh, by fast or slow. Um, and basically, uh, Brave Man's game led for most of the way, just met the last a bit wrong, and gave fast or slow an opportunity to go and uh, win the race. An outsider, but he ran very well behind Coric Rambler at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Galapan Sean looked as though he got every yard of three miles there, staying on well after last, so eventually finishing second. So an upset there, but still a great race. And uh, Gallic Warrior was a very impressive winner of the three-mile novice uh, there, and he looks as though he's going to be a, a tough duck to crack in the stayers' hurdle next year, should he stick to hurdling. But he looked as though he got the three miles really well, and looks to be potentially a Gold Cup horse when he goes over fences. So as ever, dominated by Mullins, but a great meeting, great horses, and... Um, you know, it's the continued dominance of Willie Mullins continues uh, back in Ireland and sometimes over here. But I know he I mean, um, managed to win, uh, but he only just got up under a, a fine ride by Paul Townend. Uh, but all in all, uh, it's, as ever, uh, some great horses, but mainly trained by
6: Willie Mullins. So a great week at
0: Punches Down. Talking of Willie Mullins, um, do you think... Uh, Gordon Elliott sort of dropped off the pace a little bit because I mean he, he doesn't seem to have had the success rate that he used to have and, and certainly up against Willie Mullins it's not, not nowhere near as good.
5: I mean, Gordon Elliott would be the first to say that it's a very hard to compete with uh, W Mullins. I mean, Gordon uh, has had a few winners at down this week and they've run well. He's got some more chances. But uh, as he'll point out, it's a very difficult to try and beat the Mullins camp. He does have an incredible resource of promising horses so uh, but it swings around about this game and uh, willie mullins is the first to admit that um you know it, it can all change quite quickly so at the moment um gornell it probably doesn't have the firepower to take on willie mullins but it only takes one or two superstars to come through
0: and yeah. it all change yeah absolutely <laughs> okay then richard well thank you for that and uh good luck today at warwick with your runner um I should be putting my pound each way on it, just in case. So uh, good luck with that one, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Cheers, Adrian. Well, that was Richard Phillips, who seems to be on the mend now, and uh, now we're going to pop down to Columpton. Good morning, Rod. Thanks for coming on the show again. It looks as though the girls have been doing you well, uh, particularly Helen and uh, Naomi. Yes, no, we had a very good day last Friday
6: at Bath. Um They, they were we, we hoped they'd run well and
0: they did you know? yeah and and good prize win as well wasn't it down at bath
6: uh well not so good this week as the previous meeting but it was still well received
0: yeah oh, that's okay and um what about uh upcoming up the weekend i know you've got woolhampton uh running is it today
6: yeah she runs tonight at Chelmsford. um very competitive race it's a
0: seventy thousand pound race all oh, right yeah
6: so as you'd expect it's quite competitive um she's probably a false price tonight
0: because Oshin Murphy's on her. Yeah. Um she is actually the, the lowest rated horse in the race.
6: Right. But um it's quite an important race and she wouldn't be without a chance but to be placed you'd be pleased if she's placed.
0: But you, you you've basically got all the ingredients in that you've got a, a horse that you think's got a good chance and equally you've got a good jockey on board so can't can't be all bad.
6: No but she is the lowest rated horse in the race.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... Thinking,
6: so um it'd be a big thing to win. But yeah, we've got um, just horses just starting to come to hand
0: now. Um, most of my horses probably benefit from their first run of the season. Yeah. Generally,
6: there's um, anybody you know if you get them really really fit for the first run, they don't last so long.
0: Yeah, yeah.
6: You you've really worked them hard. We would never worry about too much about fitness the first
0: time. You sort um, of more of a gentle sort of relaxed um, introduction to the season sort of thing. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and um, looking at uh, sorry. Uh,
6: we had two, two nice two-year-olds have their first run last week. They were both third yeah. in good places. Yeah. So that's very encouraging for the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, it seems you've got uh, two entered up for Saturday. Are they both going at Leicester? Yes, they do, yeah. Bamalama,
6: yeah. um, O'Sheen Murphy rides both of
0: those horses. Right.
6: And um, Bamalama should have a good chance. She's in good form.
0: Um, handicapped to, work, to run well. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Silent Flame. Silent Flame, She's having yeah. her first run back. Uh, she's
6: a good genuine filly uh regular winner. Um, no, all going well then we've got a busy Monday, we've got three at Bath and three at Windsor, so busy days.
0: Yeah, and, and of those I see Naomi's um, out again, Princess Naomi. Um
6: Yeah, she she would want a bit of rain because five and a half furlongs is a minimum distance. Right. Um, but she ran a very good race last time the handicap hasn't been too unkind to her. Um Billy Mill, he'll probably wait for Campton. I expect right, most likely. Um,
0: Amazonian sure Dream or Fast Step? Yeah,
6: he, he's Fast Steps. He, he should run a good basin. One of the best chance of the weekend would be for a day.
0: Yeah,
6: yeah. Okay. She's in the race. Ollie rides her.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's look.
6: Just starting to go, we've had an amazing twelve months. We had our we've had over fifty winners in the last twelve months.
0: Well, that's good, isn't it? That is brilliant. It's, from a yard our size, it's
6: really
0: really good. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, keep it up, Rod. Keep it up. That's the that thing. A hard thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not not the easiest thing to do to keep it up, is it? But nonetheless, no, it's not. No, no. no. no but, but I mean, no, but
6: it's, it's been a really good twelve months anyway.
0: You know what you're doing, now. You've been around long enough to know that, and you know, I mean, right. I've I've followed your career, obviously. Over the last two or three years, and you've been pretty successful, so uh, I'm sure it will continue anyway. But uh, look, thanks well, for thank coming you. on the show, uh, Rod, again, and um, good 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 luck for the week. I hope you have some winners, and uh, we'll speak again next week. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, bye. thanks, Rod. Cheers for All now. Right, bye bye. Oh, well, now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson. Well, good afternoon, Dave. Uh, a thoroughly miserable afternoon, and uh, probably just as well that you're going to stay in and watch Punch's Turn rather than going to a wet old Taunton.
3: Yes,
7: and uh, if the uh, weather would be a little bit better and let me have some Wi Fi, it would even, even make me <laughs> smile. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I don't know. The thing is, Jurassic Wi Fi cutting everything on and off in yoga all the time when they're laying cable everywhere. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've tried to drive around Yeovil lately, but there's not a road you can go down which hasn't got at least one set of road works on it without two on most of them. So uh, it's yeah.
0: quite
7: entertaining in Yeovil at the moment. Uh,
0: there that. we go. I don't think I'd use the t- the word entertaining, though.
7: Yeah. <laughs> it's rather frustrating to try and drive anywhere from Yeovil at the moment.
5: Yeah. So, uh, not not just Yeovil, right?
7: 8 no, I'm getting in the car at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, dropping the girls at school, and I'm heading to Sandown for two days of uh, oh, he'll be all uh, right. the end of season finale. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, see Paul, Paul Nichols Crown champion trainer on Saturday, and uh, we've got some good racing there Friday and Saturday as well, so uh, we shall look forward to it.
0: Good, good.
7: Uh, This week's Lucky 15, we're going to start off with the one forty at Sandown on Saturday, and in that race we're going with John Bonn, he came second at Cheltenham in uh, Arkle, and he came out at Aintree and he drew me obliged and won very, very easily up there in uh, Magnol Class 1 up there. So uh, he's going to be our first one. He's going to be written by Aidan Coleman, trained by Nicky Henderson and owned by J.P. McManus. Uh, very nice horse. Um, he's out of walk in the park. He's priced up at the moment at 13 to 8 with Bet365 and I can see that price getting a little bit shorter coming up to uh, the off time, so John Bond's going to be the opening bet for us in our lucky 15.
0: Okay. Moving down to
7: the one, uh, the 2.15, and we're going with the Jack Tudor ring, Christian Williams trained, Kitty's Light. Now, Kitty's Light won uh, Air Scottish Grand National last Saturday, uh, won it quite cosily, really, and quite surprised to see her coming out so quick, but if you see her in the panic after that win, she was not even really blowing that hard, so I can see why Christian's bringing her out quite quickly. She's priced up at 4-1 to one at the moment. Uh, as I say, she's won her last two races. She won up at Newcastle in February, and then she followed it up winning the Air Scottish Grand National last weekend, so she's banging form, and Always finishes the season off very well, and I can see her winning this one quite cosily, really. So, Kitty's Light in the 2.15s, our second leg of the Lucky 15.
0: Right, you are.
7: Moving down to the 250, we're going with an Irish trained one here, and it's called Hewick, and it's going to be ridden by Rachel Blackmore, and he's trained by the big shark, Hanlon. I was up uh, asked at South with Shark uh, in the middle of March. Geez, there's not many people I have to stand there and look up to, but I have to stand there and stretch my neck and look up to Sea Shark. He was a big unit of a fellow. So he, he made me feel rather slim as well. So he's, he's a huge guy, lovely chap as well, very nice and very polite to everyone that was speaking to him. Uh, Hugh Icke picked up this in the sows a couple of years ago. He only paid £800 for it. And uh, he's had some tremendous success with it. It it won this race out. uh, It won the Bet 365 Gold Cup at Sandown last year, and he took it out to Ireland, out to Far Hills, and it won the American Grand National, won it by eleven and a half lengths. So uh, certainly repaid the eight hundred pound he invested in it when he bought it. So it's priced up at the moment around six to four. He's uh, got Rachel Blackmore coming over to ride it, and uh, I think it'll duly oblige for him, and I hope it does, because he's a very nice chap, he's a shark. So that's leg three, Hugh in the 250.
0: Okay, fine.
7: Leg four, we're going for a big price one here. Uh, Nico de Boinville is going to be riding for Nicky Henderson. And it's in the 325, and it's called Fable. One of the owner's group horses who have had a tremendous year, a couple of Grade 1 winners, and they've uh, had numerous amounts of times on Saturdays where they've had big race winners as well. Uh, Fable, she, she ran at Sandown after a 363-day break, and she only got beat neck. She then come out at Fosslass and pulled up very, very quickly. She then come out at Bangor and won very easily, beating Effinok Fizz, who's a Welsh Welsh champion hurdle winner in her time, and then come out and run very poorly at Fontwell. So you, you, you get this sort of gist here. She has a good run, bad run, good run, bad run, and that's all the way through her career. So uh, she had a bad run last time, so we're expecting a good run this time from Fable. And she's priced up at the moment with Bet365 and 14 to 1, and I'd have a nice equate bet on her at that. She went on the soft going at Sandown previously, and looking at the weather outside the window today I can't see anything other than soft ground being going and sand down on Saturday so that's four we've got for you this week mate and uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of winners in there and uh, the lucky 15 to pay some uh, rewards for us.
0: Lovely job, thank you very much Dave, let's hope there as you say, some winners there Um, and if you had a 14 to 1 in it it would make it even nicer wouldn't it?
7: That's it, we've, we've got three bankers in there which we think are going to win very nicely and we've got a big price one in there, so uh,
0: hopefully it'll pay the dividends for us. Yeah, good for you. Okay mate, well thank you very much for that, enjoy Sandown, and um, we'll speak to you next week. Well, do, thanks a lot mate. Thanks a lot, bye. Now it's time to catch up with the Cheeky Chappie, of course we're talking your mate and mine, Colin Brown. Oh, good evening Colin, welcome to the show, are you well?
8: I'm really well, thank you very much indeed. Um, Adia, are you well?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm kind of all right, I think, yeah. yeah. You've had
8: quite a busy week,
6: haven't you?
0: Yeah, I have, yeah. To go to the hospital and have a check up there, and oh, you know. But uh, United are on the night, and they're going to stuff Tottenham, and everyone's going to be happy.
8: Um, okay. Was your check up from the neck up, or what?
0: Yes, you cheeky git, it was. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, yeah.
8: Top, I mean, I mean, Tottenham. Have any of your listeners support Tottenham? Oxford? My my son does. He lives in Singapore. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. You're t- they're taking on Man U. I, I think they'll beat Man U. Actually.
0: Well, um, if they show anything like the form that they did last week, when they got stuffed six-one by Newcastle, I don't think they will.
8: What about when Manchester United got stuffed about 6 1 about four games ago? And then poor little old Brighton down there, they just got ahead on penalties. I mean, Uh, that was just a stroke of
0: luck, I thought. Well, you would, because as I said too earlier, it just shows your total ignorance of football, doesn't it, really? Yeah, (laughs) you might know something about horse racing, but you don't know nothing about football. Okay.
8: Okay. 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 Let's go. Let's, Let's talk about something else. Racing. Okay.
0: Yeah, why not? So where are we okay. going to start with then? Punchestown, you well, go, said, didn't you?
8: Go to Punchestown, 350, 2 a 3 Coolmore, uh, 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 champion, Mayor's Champion, and I think Love Envoi will win this for Harry Fry and Noel Feely because Danny Mullins rides it now. Uh, because he, he had booked Mark Walsh, but Mark Walsh has um, now got a right epitaph for... Um, for J.P. McManus and um, Nicky Henderson, for some reason. I don't know where uh, Aiden Coleman is. But, no, love Envar when the 350
0: punches uh, down. Uh, no, it, oh, hang on a minute. Maybe it will. Hang oh, on. We will. I'll just... Well, oh, yeah, 350. Yeah, OK, no problem. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can put it in
8: a double out there, if you like. It's called Loss of Mouth, who, of course, won the... One that tried for and at uh, Cheltenham the other day. Um, and this one looks very, very smart. So what? put a little double on uh, 350. Uh, where are we? 315, number five, La Vembois. Uh, on the five o'clock, on number eight, Lozemouth. And that's a nice little double for you. Um, okay. Stick a £50 win double uh, if you've had your affordability check as well.
0: Right now, Now we'll go to Leicester, and uh, it's good racing at Leicester. Yeah. Always get good
8: fields this time of the year, and some pretty smart horses running there. Um, in the one fifty-five at Leicester, you will see that Ryan Moore's there. He doesn't go to Leicester too many times a year. Don't blame him, uh, but he rides in the one fifty-five. A horse. Called one second. Um, it's, it's trained by T- uh Jason Tate. And sorry, listeners, it's just my computers being slow. Yeah, in the 155 he rides well for James Tate, rather, should I say. Who actually James Tate is the son in law of a great guy that's great mate of mine years ago, called Lenny Lungo, he used to ride for um Martin Pipe. And then he started training up the north a bit, and then he opened up some snooker clubs, and he did rather well. And um, James Tate is a good little trainer, and Desert Master will win 115, I think, at Leicester. Okay.
2: And then we've got the 230 at Leicester, and there's also called Nakweeb,
8: and it's trained by William Haggers, ridden by Crowley. That all wins well, and that is a good little first two races at Leicester double i'll be honest because they're two horses that i think definitely will win all right now ryan moore you know you could write you know quite the times i go racing and i say to people or even just just talk to myself because that's what i do sometimes and i say do you know you can follow ryan moore blind today and he'll end up riding sort of three, four, five winners. So anybody who's just having a look at Leicester for Saturday, I mean, he's got about four or five rides there. You could almost stick all his rides into a, you know, little Peyton or a Super Yankee or whatever it might be, because you know he does go there and bang in the winners at Ryan Moore. So follow him at Leicester on Saturday. Okay, right. we will. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, on, I, I mean, uh, it's really d- d- does pay off yeah. uh, following him because he does so blooming well. Um, right, wow. where are we going next? I'll tell you where we're going to go. We are going to go to Doncaster, just one race at Doncaster. Now, I've always said that you'll go skip back at two-year-olds for a two year old's first summer, but there's one that I think has been really prepped. For a race at Donny and it runs in the 615. It's a horse that's cost 160 grand, I think, as a yearling. Let's get back there. It's called Batash, and it's trained by Richard Hannon, and it's owned by by Sheikh Abdullah al Malak al Sabah. Um, It's nicely bred Zafa to quite a few winners. I'd say that will win first time out the Okay. Got in you. the in the um, six fifteen at Leicester. Right, let's get to Sandown Park. I am off <coughs> excuse me to Sandown Park. Um the, it's amazing. The end of the jump season is on Saturday. And they give the boys about four or five days off. They never used to give them that long. But they give them about four or five days off, and then the season starts again. I don't quite get it, really. No, it's bizarre, isn't it? It is a bit bizarre. Anyhow, in the um, Novice Championship handicap hurdle, the first race, quite unbelievably... Um, where are we? Uh, Nicky ensign has got a horse in it called... And uh, control that won the other day at Cheltenham and it also won at Newbury. Ran at a festival place, but I think it's very, very useful. And I think it's quite a
0: good price actually. It's about five to one on here, five, yeah, five to one. Yeah, it's a very good race. Kill, Kill
8: alone's got a great chance from Nicholl's Yard. Um, Ibirico, Lord Aiden took Coleman. that's where he is riding for JP in England. Uh, and Kansas de the Burley, their three the three horses against him that have got a great chance. But I honestly think that the controls are very, very smart there. And I think she'll take the beating. And quite,
0: you know, Anderson not turn not often run them as quickly as that. Mm, okay. Right, second race on the
8: card. Um, Edge de Jit. I mean, that ran such a good race at Charlton in and, and the um, well it was beaten 35 lengths in the end, but beat Edwardstone at Charlton, before that it won at, at Kemp's, and then got beaten in the Queen Mother. But it ran a good race that day, but whether it's good enough to beat John Bond, I don't know. Um, strictly on ratings, um, it can beat John Bond. So, John Bond's been a favourite of mine. Uh, um, he came out and won at Aintree easily, actually, but I think there was a couple of horses, um, well, one horse boat race. But um, John Bonn and Ed to there they're the two I like. Put them in a the reverse exactor because I think that's the result. And if John Bonn happened to go and beat um, Ed to uh, that would pay a very good forecast. Right you are. Now, the Bet365 Gold Cup, the old we scored, the Whitbread Gold Cup. Kitty's Light turns out again with hardly any weight on its back. Um, Revels Hill from Harry Fry's yard looking for a cross across the um, Irish Channel double for Harry Fry and for Noel Feely Racing. Um, a really good race. I rode this many times. Never won it. You got Frodo on running the race with 12 stone uh, on its back. They ran a good race when third at Kempton last time in the Coral Premier Chase to our power. Um, although he's 12 years old now, I think, you know, I don't know whether there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not sure about him now, really. I think he's slightly gone over the hill. And the other horse, you've got to uh, have a look at, is a horse called Cool Vala. But last week, I
0: think we tipped up um, Kitty's Light, didn't we? Uh, hang on. Last week, Kitty's Light, Kitty's Light. Can Can I just say yes? no that's what we didn't (laughs) um, (laughs) sorry but we didn't
8: uh, no it's okay don't go on about it
0: no you you didn't back a winner there old dog sorry about that (laughs) you're getting on my nerves now (laughs) sorry um,
8: okay well Kitty's like okay I'll change my mind I'll go for a 16-1 shot called Cool Fowler. it's trained by Chris Gordon Got ten pounds three back, owned by one of the nicest people I've ever met, and that is Les Gilbert. Les, uh, Les loves us racing. What, better, what? Even better than I am. Well, not quite as nice no. as you, but you know, nearly.
0: Um, okay. No, he's, he's,
8: he's cool a Valor, fan, lovely guy, and Cool Valor. We'll give that a chance.
0: Each race chance at sixteen to one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It is terrific racing there on Saturday,
8: it really is. And then we've got the Oaksie Chase, named after the great late Lord Oaksie, who I was lucky enough to know really well. Lovely, lovely guy. And uh, what wins this? I see Rachel Blackmore's override one for John Joseph Hannon. She think she'll be a punches down, would you. Called Hewick. Uh, I think that fell at Cheltenham in the Gold Cup. Um, but. It was headed and ridden two out when it fell heavily, so I don't know whether that will win or not. I'm going to go for Solo uh, mm-hmm. and Paul Nichols, who's again going to be, I think this will be his 15, 15th um, Trainers' Championship.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, I mean, unbelievable how he yeah. just knocks out those winners year after year, isn't it, really? Mm. No, you're right. Absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more.
8: Yeah. Yep. And then... Uh, Fable needs to bounce back but runs one of her best races this year and beating a neck at Sandown Park that's Fable in the uh, whoops 3.25 I think that right win for Henderson <clears throat> um, and then in the select turtle, you probably think I'm going to go for Goshen aren't you yeah. <laughs> now, now you know, mention it I normally do but I'm going to give that race a miss.
0: Oh, uh, there you go. That's the tip then, listeners. <laughs> that is the tip. He's not backing it, so you've got to back Goshen. You've got to.
8: <laughs> he, I tell you what, he's a great horse. He's won. If you owned a horse like Goshen, you know, you think to yourself, we we, we take the mickey and we have a bit of a laugh, but Goshen has won 227000 quid in his life. So, you know, if you bought Goshen which uh, I don't know how much he'd cost, probably 50 grand as well, um, you'd be pretty well in front, wouldn't you, really? Even yeah. if he is a little bit unpredictable. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think um, I think uh, ICO will win the last race that uh, at Sandown, the final race of the 22-23 season. It's trained against, say, by not only but also Paul Nichols. Um, and ridden by just Cobden I don't know he's not jogged up at the moment but I still think win the 435 and alien listeners that is your lot for Saturday's um, racing
0: okay well that's not bad timing that gives me 10 minutes to prepare myself mentally and physically for United stuff in Tottenham so that's that's good enough mate I'll settle for that
8: fantastic well best luck Tottenham and um, we will speak
0: to you again listeners next week okay um, and if you're still here, we'll speak to you, Aidy. Oh, that's good of you. bit I know. Thank you, Colin. We will speak to you next week. Cheers for now. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Well, that was Colin Brown, the Cheeky Chappie, with his selections for the weekend, which we hope will bring you some money. So, until next week, this is AD Hopper saying thanks for listening. Don't forget we got the guineas coming up very shortly now, so we'll have full focus on that next week. In the meantime... Keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.